Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. Conversation that leads to understanding. That's the phrase of the day. Conversation that leads to understanding. Where does it begin? What's it mean? God gave you two ears and one mouth. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe your mom told you, maybe your grandma, or maybe you saw an advertisement on TV for Judge Judy. She has been known to deliver that phrase to her argumentative court people sometimes. Well, God gave us two ears and one mouth, and I think that that is a great piece of foundational information to hold in our heart today as we look into conversation that leads to understanding. Last week in an email communication, a dear, dear friend of mine and a fellow Yeshua follower sent me some information, a wonderful drosh she wrote, but within that drosh was yet another valuable quote. And that quote holds big significance for my friend and now for me. Conversation that leads to understanding. She called it her mantra. Wait, take a deep breath if you need to. It's all going to be okay. Don't get stuck on the word mantra. Let's find out what she meant because to some it might cause a visceral reaction and not a good one. Because traditionally what we think of when we hear the word mantra is a Hindu phrase that talks about centering and worship. But this is not what she meant. Her use of the word mantra in connection with conversation that leads to understanding is more of a modern take on the word mantra. A phrase, a quote, that's what she meant. And once we understand that, once I understood that, yeah, I did have kind of a little bit of a visceral response. What do you mean mantra? But then I realized what she meant. Slogans and statements, yes. My friend shared with me something very valuable. And since the first time she heard that statement, this is what she was telling me about, it rang really true to her, much like it did for me. And she integrated the great quote, conversation that leads to understanding, not only in her secular career, but also in her spiritual life of service. The circumstances around this quote, where she heard it, when she heard it, how it was spoken of, is what makes the quote even more significant. 
Conversation that produces communication is more than just one person talking. The person or persons on the receiving end of the conversation must listen to the words that are spoken. When listeners have questions, there should be a time to ask for clarification. This hopefully will lead to healthy communication and understanding. Notice I said understanding, not agreement. Remember, we're all created just a bit different. All created by the same God with unique qualities and each human was created just as it pleased the Creator. To have agreement is something that might come after understanding. But to be honest, it might not come. That, my friends, is a huge topic for another day. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look into what we can do to facilitate communication that leads to understanding. Why it's important to understand each other. Right? Rabbi, that's a good thing, right? Okay. He gave me the thumbs up. And most importantly, where that begins. Through each of our individual journeys, many of us have come to realize the value of clear understanding and conversation. It not only provides building blocks for relationships, it also helps us to build bridges between people who have differences. Healthy conversation brings about communication that can produce understanding between people of different backgrounds and cultures and ethnicities. It can provide a basis for trust between us as people. Take just a moment and look around. Look around the sanctuary. We're all from different ethnicities and backgrounds. And establishing trust between one another is necessary for us as humans to be able to live out our belief in God, the Creator, in a way that's open, that we don't have to be afraid. By now you might be asking yourself, uh, instructions? Where do I go to get that? Is there a book, a pamphlet maybe, a list? Where do I get this information? Well, I'm really glad you asked. But just one moment, I want to share some history with you about the quote. Does anybody remember that quote by now? That's it. Yes, you get 10 Torah points, my friend. Conversation that leads to understanding. Don't I get to choose? I'm up here. Okay, Rabbi says one. Got to take the nine back. I'm sorry. Just see me after. Oops. <laughs> I want to give you some understanding about why that quote and the time and who said it made it so valuable. You see, my friend, the one who wrote the email to me and many others, she was hunting out all around the state of New York for a campground that would share its plentiful wealth of space with a brand new messianic teen, teen camp back then. 
about 10, 11 years ago, I think now, Camp Orlador, which I'm very blessed to be a part of. The Lord has really given that blessing to me. So she was looking for a place. Where can we house Camp Orlador? What was important was for young Messianic Jewish teenagers to learn a Jewish lifestyle, to be out there sharing a place with others of the same lifestyle choices, believing in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, taking part in some traditional Jewish food, just being together in a place. Well, my friend ended up at a really great place in upstate New York. It just happened to be the oldest Jewish camp ever in the United States. And many famous people can't, or, camp there regularly, and I'm going to drop some names because you might, might recognize one, maybe two. Neil Diamond. Yep, Neil Diamond went to this camp. Not too far from my home, by the way. Larry King, Jerry Stiller, and guess what? Gene Simmons! Who'd have thunk? The famous guy with the crazy makeup from KISS, Gene Simmons, went to this traditional Jewish camp back in the day, because Gene's no spring chicken. And for you literary buffs out there who might not get the comedy or the music, the guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye, no, my bad, mistake, Catch-22, Joseph Heller, he was also a camper at this famous camp. So let's picture it. Here my friend is, Jewish woman, believer in Yeshua the Messiah, looking for a campground, walks onto this famous camp where all the famous people used to camp when they were kids. She was face to face with the camp director. <laughs> the Jewish Entertainers Hall of Fame camp, if you will. My little messianic friend was standing there. It was no time to shrink back. She stood and she started to talk. She told the truth. She told the camp director who she was and who she was representing. Hi, my name is Mary's friend and I'm a messianic Jewish believer and I need a camp to share some, some space for my teenagers. The camp director looked at her, and what the camp director said will turn your world upside down. He actually looked her in the eye, and he was traditional, a traditional Jewish person. He has not, does not share the same beliefs that we do in Yeshua. He said, you know what? Let's have a conversation because conversation leads to understanding. Imagine that. God works. It was all right there, right then. They talked. They talked, shared their hearts. I'm sure he told her all about the camp and his expectation, and she told him who we were as Camp Orlador. They built an understanding. He opened the doors. And for many years, they shared space. Camp Orlador shared space at this very, very prestigious, old, traditional 
Jewish camp. Unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace. They may never have communicated with each other, but they shared space. God was working. This is a wonderful thing. That statement is profound. And over the years, repeated conversation that leads to understanding. The more people who have healthy conversations with each other with honesty and patience, they plant seeds. And that's a good thing because those seeds come into fruition as peace over time. As followers of Yeshua, our model, as followers of Yeshua, our model lives after his teaching of the good news. But as Messianic believers, we also follow and read and study and learn from the Torah and the words of the prophets. It's important for us as Messianic believers that we have conversations that will work towards build, building healthy relationships with people. Healthy relationships need to be established so that we can do our part to bond with the parties who profess the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Followers of Judaism, as well as Gentile followers of the God of Abraham, even those who might share in a different religion. We need to be able to have healthy conversation that leads to understanding, not conversation that is confrontational conversation that is kind, that is explained, that is patient, that embodies the love of the Torah, the love of the good news of the gospel, the love that are in the words that have been written down. A good result may not be achieved in this world of differences, but still, we can plant seeds. We can still work towards building good relationships and bridges between communities. Because in our differences, we can easily be divided. But in our honesty and our communication of who we are, we can see each other in a different light. Imagine God used a random person in a regular situation to speak a small phrase that impacted one woman's life. The camp director to my friend. One little situation. But the process that has happened because of that slogan, that phrase, that mantra, if you will, when it's been invested over all these years and practiced over and over, that it turned out to be not just a slogan, not just a sentence. It turned out to be a valuable piece of wisdom in building relationships and building bridges between communities. And over the years, Camp Orlador has made relationships all around the United States using different camps. Some camps were other Jewish camps. Some camps were Christian in nature. And of late, a purely secular camp. But that communication leads to understand that was spoken every time, leading to understanding between the two parties, always produces a good event.
A little seed of God's love is planted. The more people who are exposed to healthy conversation can begin to develop clearer communications and hopefully understanding that does build bridges and relationships with the hope of the good news reaching those who are searching. We can't make anybody change their thinking, but we can build relationships that connect people and bridges that connect communities. Both are birthed out of caring, honest conversation that leads to understanding and trust begins to be built and common ground can be found. When I received the email, I read the words, communication leads to understanding. My brain instantly exploded like fireworks. My joy of expectation was out of control. Okay, okay, yeah, well, I get excited when I understand something. I get excited and it doesn't take much. But my mind's eye immediately went to a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. I am not a very good puzzle builder. Ask my grandchildren. If somebody gave me a baggie with a thousand pieces in it, and they didn't give me the box, trouble would be a big thing. But my mind's eye went right to that jigsaw puzzle box. And what I saw in my understanding about communication and conversation was just like putting together this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. It revealed a beautiful picture of God's creation. Piecing life together as God designed it. I began to see how understanding can be like fitting pieces of a puzzle together. I realized God has given us all the tools we need to build relationships. It all has to start somewhere. When doing a jigsaw puzzle, for many people, it's helpful to look at the box. It is for me. I don't think I'm alone because there's a couple chuckles out there. It's helpful to look at the box because we can see the goal. So what did God do? He gave us some information to learn from. We have a Bible, and in the Bible we can see as we read the stories of the people from Genesis throughout. We can see the world and its people. We can see how God created. We can see in our head, because we read and there's pictures in there, you know. We can see what God created in the garden. We can read about what, our, what people did before us, what our ancestors did. And sometimes we can read what they didn't do. In any case, we can learn from the scriptures. We can see what God would have us do, how he would have us live. But the scriptures is not the only thing. God also gave us some great other writings. He gave us the Siddur. What is the Siddur? Well, it's a valuable piece of instruction and insight on all things of Jewish life and prayer. 
We can learn different kinds of prayers. We can build our relationship tighter as we read those prayers with our Creator, with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We can see how to express thankfulness and worship. We learn to, through prayers how to elevate God. The Siddur contains beautiful examples of how those who came before us communicated with God. Prayers for worshiping, prayers for healing body and soul, specific prayers for holy days, prayers to say in the morning, prayers to say in the evening and other times. Many Siddurim also have in-depth commentary, just like a study Bible. The Siddurim may have diff, it has commentary that can teach us how to be a better human being. Every Shabbat, we come together here and we pray meaningful prayers specifically for the Shabbat day, the day of resting in our God, resting with our God. These prayers help paint a vivid picture for us of who God is. We begin over time to see clearer. Week after week, year after year, we grow to see God for who he is. We see him more, and we see more of his majesty, of his glory as we pray, as we sing, as we read, as we participate together. We begin to see all that he has done for his people throughout generations. All of this deepens our relationships with the Lord, with each other, and with everybody else all around the world in any time zone. We're all connected because there are Jews all over the planet in every country that come together on Shabbat and say the same prayers. Everybody in our time zone, pretty much, the same stuff this morning. Another time zone, all day long. That creates a unity, a unity of spirit that begins to build and cause a bond of peace. We just have to be patient enough to remember. Be patient with the Lord. Be patient with each other. Listen. Remember in our conversations so that we can understand each other. Those prayers we say are heard by the Lord God. They waft through the heavens. They're the building blocks, bridging communities together. It doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter. What matters is who we know. And it all begins with knowing our Father in heaven. For us here at Tikvot Israel, as well as other, many other Messianic congregations around the world, the Bible provides a connection for all of us who believe in the God of creation as well as Yeshua the Messiah. The Siddur provides extra connection to help us to come to a more vivid understanding of all those who identify with and live a Jewish lifestyle. Now, my friend in her email shared with me about how she communicates and spends time with the Lord. She runs in the morning and she listens to worship music. 
This girl, uh-uh. Not running in the morning. I might listen to the music, but not running. I do swim, though. We'll, we'll go there. So that's one difference between my friend and I. She prays. Or maybe I should say she talks to the Lord. I do that. Most of you do that. These actions indicate that my friend communicates with God regularly. She speaks and she listens. She incorporated one day reading the Sidarims that she had in her house. One day she'd do this one, another day. Anyway, she incorporated reading into her daily regime. And she shared with me her amazement how the words began to give new light in a fresh perspective to her living. It spoke deeply to my soul when I read this in her email. Each of us continue to build on our relationship with the Lord. As we do, we strengthen our friendship and model healthy communication. My friend and I came from distinctly different backgrounds. Our lives took different paths. Our cultures reflect differences. She's a Jewish woman raised in a synagogue, and I'm a Gentile raised in an Italian Catholic home. That's interesting. Two different women brought together by one common bond. God worked in both of our lives. We both had a desire to know his truth. We both had a desire to serve his people. God first. God first drew us into him. One Jew, one Gentile, one God, one way of life. We were united by God, and it was living out a lifestyle that God used to bridge us together in a friendship. Over the years, we found each other as we were both serving in the community through a camp. Imagine that, yet another small detail. So I hope you can see from this, prayer from our hearts, the innermost part of our being is a conversation with God. We talk to him, we take time to ponder, to listen, and eventually we hear his heart, if you will. To begin to build a relationship, we may recite back to God some of the scriptures we read. This too is a part of knowing a part of the process of knowing who God is, knowing his ways. Take, for example, the account of Eli and his student Samuel in 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. I think you have it back there. I'm not sure, but I'll read it. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose oversight had begun, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so he could not see, was lying down in his own space. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel. And he said, here I am, hineni, hineni, 
but he ran to Eli. You called for me? Eli said, I did not call. Go lie down. So he went and he lied down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and he went to Eli again. And he said, Hineni, here I am. You called me. Eli said, I didn't call you, my son. Go lay down. <laughs> now Samuel did not yet know how to listen for the voice of the Lord. He was learning. <laughs> Here, and Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lay down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. So Samuel went and he lied down in his place, and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, yo, Sam, where are you? And Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. He had to have a learning curve, just like us. So when we pray, if we're just beginning, maybe we don't hear. Or, I bet we do. Give yourself time to recognize the voice of the Lord. Several years ago, I added the Siddur and its rich bounty of prayers to my prayer life. And as a Gentile raised in a liturgical faith, I saw and had a deep, deep respect for traditional prayers to be recited. And the reason I saw that is because I knew when I would pray those prayers as a child, there were people all around the world at the same time, every day, praying the same prayers that I prayed. It brought a unity, maybe not in person, but it brought a unity of the Spirit. And that is the importance, like I mentioned earlier, of praying the prayers in the Siddur. People who pray in this fashion are unified in belief. They're unified with their heartfelt cries of worship or petition. Rabbi David read Rabbi Russ's prayer for the people in the Ukraine today. Every time we think about that prayer, no matter who we are, no matter where we are in the world, we're united in bringing a request before the Lord for the safety of the people of the country. Praying the morning blessings, or in Hebrew, shacharit, is a picture of unity of the heart, of the faith in God, and of community. Daily prayers have the power to bring people together, if only in spirit, no matter where they are. My friend prays in the morning from her home in New England, and I pray the same words from the state of Virginia. Our heartfelt recitations are heard and received by our God on the throne in heaven. The same God who inspired the rabbis to write down those words all those years ago. They're still valuable, my friend. 
Not only does God hear our prayers as we participate, we're investing in a worldwide community activity. We are united to God through prayer as well as being united with all those praying the same words at the same time, no matter where we are, no matter what our backgrounds are. This is relationship building in a spiritual capacity. Perhaps you're beginning to see the reason for my brain exploding with fireworks. Imagine our God from his heavenly throne having people around the world praising him with unity of spirit. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful picture for God to see his people coming together. On the human side, the prayers of the Siddur have so much to reveal to us. As Yeshua followers in a Messianic Jewish community, I believe many, if not all of us, listening today can relate to the value of being able to have productive communication. Not only with each other, and with the felt, but with our fellow practicers of Judaism, with our fellow followers of Yeshua in the church. We must find common ground to enable us to come together in unity and build a community of respect so that we can live together peaceably. The Siddur can be a solid piece of common ground to instruct us. The prayers we say will lead to understanding of who God is and who we are in light of his word and his truth. Knowing God deeper will deepen our understanding of not just who he is, but it will lead to a healthy respect and a trust between each other and with each other's communities. As we look to God through prayers in common, God's mercy and love will usher in restoration. Let's not forget, communication leads to understanding. Understanding leads to building relationships where trust can find a home and God's love can bring about restoration. Restoration not just here in our city, but around the world. Conversation that leads to understanding is a building block that can lead us into unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. A few tips that we might be able to glean from our time here together today is encourage conversations that lead to understanding. That's pretty simple. Let's make positive changes in our lives and let's e encourage each other to make positive changes. Maybe we can add something to our prayer life. If you talk to God every day, maybe you can add some prayers from the Siddur. We've got several different Siddurs, Siddurim, oops, in our bookstore. If you need one, Go to the website. We have Messianic Sidors, we have traditional Sidors, and several different ones at that. They'll help you build a daily conversation with God, and it'll bring a new dimension to your life. If you're not really comfortable with the Sidor, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Maybe add a psalm. Read through a psalm. Ponder the psalm and see what the Lord says to you. 
you, you guys may already do this stuff. I bet you most of you here mirror this in a wonderful way. Maybe you need to work on conversation with other humans. Maybe you're not one of those people who's really outgoing. You kind of keep to yourself. You might have to challenge yourself and, and have a conversation with somebody else. Perhaps there was someone that you had a misunderstanding with over the years. Maybe now is a, tar a target rich time to build, rebuild, reconnect. Wipe the snow off the bridge and cross. Conversation that leads to understanding with God, with fellow followers of God, as well as anyone we come in contact with, will initiate good relationships and open doors for the furtherance of all that is associated with the God of creation, the good news of the gospel, and to bring about unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And I want to reference a psalm today in closing that really speaks to my heart. And it's Psalm 27. And this psalm really can build a bridge. It's a psalm that we believe David wrote. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh by adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That's a prayer we can all hold in common. Let's stop right there. Let's read one last time. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple, to inquire in his temple. Imagine if there were people together around the world investing just a few minutes every day. Lord, draw me close. Lord, let me dwell in your house forever. Lord, bring me to you. No matter where we pray those words from, whether it be a synagogue, a church, a bench, a pew, a house, a tent, the US, Israel, Europe, Southeast Asia, it doesn't matter. When we come together and we call upon the Lord and we use the scripture, we use the siddur, common words that have been around for years. We not only draw closer to the Lord, but we draw closer together. That, is, that was an, an, a very inspiring thing for me to read, I believe it was last week, about conversation. Because it begins right here with the Lord. Thank you.
Thank you, Rabbi. Have a great week. Shabbat Shalom.